Topic of our demo talk uh, this very Saturday evening is uh, sharpening the controlling faculties by seeing the destruction of uh, risen formations. Now, we'll start with a few quotes in, uh, along this uh, line. Namely, the first one is, nothing endures but change, or all is in a flux, nothing is still. And then, uh, those two statements are identical, and suddenly then we have another statement, namely, you could not step twice into the same rivers, for other waters are ever flowing onto you. Now, these words were coined, or these expressions were coined by whom? Heraclitus, yes, is correct. Heraclitus of Ephesus. Heraclitus. In, you know, in Greek, it's oh, Heraclitos. Actually, the word, the expression that he used was pantare, which translates all is flux. Pantare. Pantare. Ah. Oh. Thank you, thank you for <laughs> this addition. And so, so it's Heraclitus of Ephesus, his life date has been approximately determined as 540 BC until 480 BC. He was born in Ephesus, a town that back then was in Asia Minor, which corresponds to modern Turkey. He was a famous certain Greek philosopher. And certainly he tried to understand nature, he tried to understand certainly the most uh, well yeah, the most basic or most fundamental principles in nature, and one according to his certain thinking, it was certainly spoke of fire as certainly such an basic principle and certainly the other principle that he spoke about was change and certainly so change being inherited in or inherent in nature wherever we look we find certainly this change now how do we express or how do we experience, for instance, change on a global level? Think of climate change. And in connection with climate change, think of global warming. Nepal um, 
is proud to have 38 peaks of over 8,000 meters on its territory. That certain being so, Nepal is also proud to have a number of glaciers. However, you know, the country of Nepal is serious concerned about what happens to those glaciers in the context of global warming. The glaciers are what? Melting. The glaciers are melting and receding. Now, the runoff from those glaciers then flows into what is known as glacial lakes. So, as certainly the glaciers uh, melt significantly, uh, the inflow of water, of glacial water, into of meltwater, into those glacial lakes is increasing. With this, you know, some of you know, those glacial lakes way up in the mountains have a serious potential to to overflow. And this, if I remember correctly, is certainly known by scientists as GLOB. GLOB is an abbreviation for glacial lake outburst. Now, when such a glacial lake outburst happens, truly happens, so far it hasn't happened, uh, to my knowledge, at least not in Nepal, then there are some really serious consequences to this. Namely, it could entail serious flooding in you know, the valleys that lie underneath or below you know, those glacial lakes, and you know, the local population uh, might be seriously affected, might certainly you know, their houses and yeah, their houses, their properties yeah, might certainly get uh, uh, flushed away yeah, with uh, you know, the floods. And certainly people then are likely uh, uh, to uh, die. Now, globe, climate change and certain one aspect of this uh, being global uh, warming has, has brought about tremendous uh, changes. In Europe, for instance, a number of decades ago, researchers found that across Europe, in a number of lakes, the water level was decreasing more and more. So, docks that had been built many years ago, and certainly build according to the water level back then, accommodating you know, the boats or ships that would dock there, now are not functioning that well anymore because the water level has dropped significantly. Now, global, global warming and climate change have contributed to major changes in agriculture, namely areas that previously were um, 
heavily work or received plenty of humidity, rainfall, now turn into rather dry areas. And the type of crops that previously were planted now can no longer be planted because it's become as maybe a semi-arid or arid area. Or and which you know, then brings a lot and brings a lot uh, along a lot of stress for you know, the you know, farmers the farming you know, communities or from a health point of view but i'm not a hundred percent sure whether this is really the case owing to you know, the increasing warming Mosquitoes now are found even in northern parts of Italy when previously they were not common to that certain region. Now, there will surely be many other consequences that come along with that change. Now, what we shall do is, you know, during you know, this Satna Dhamma talk, explore the five, no, explore a way of one particular way of sharpening the controlling you know, faculties by a way of you know, seeing and paying attention to you know, the destruction of a reason. Formations. No, to see the destruction of for of arisen formations is n- to see the destruction of a formation is nothing other than seeing one aspect of impermanence. So we shall n- take a closer look at impermanence in general first and certainly then having dealt certainly with this we shall take a closer look at certain destruction now some days certainly ago the topic of the dhamma talk was certainly the five controlling faculties consisting of the faculty controlling faculty of faith of um, effort of mindfulness, concentration, and intuitive wisdom. Now, those faculties are so called because they exercise control in their respective spheres or uh, domains, and certainly they also help to overcome uh, their uh, opposites. Now, not only that certainly we experience change on a global level, but we also experience change here at certainly the forest refuge in Barrie, Massachusetts. Can you think of one manifestation of this? The weather, yes, indeed. The weather is surely fickle. So it's sunny in the morning and you never know whether it's going to last until the end of the day. 
And so today being already the second day of sunshine is quite uh, surprising. Now, that would be one way how we experience Satna change uh, here at Satna the center. And Satna then, mm, there might Satna still be other ways. We might, for instance, take a look at nature and then see how a leaf falls from a tree and then drops to the ground and then gets flushed away by the wind or blown away by the wind. Now, We might certainly further discover changes, changes. Let's say here at the retreat, at the center, maybe there's some new people coming, or some other people are leaving. Now, the Buddha was highly aware of change and he would have agreed with if he would have lived certainly at the same time as Heraclitus or Heraclitus did then he would have surely approved of his understanding of of nature and so the Buddha says that with regard to the five aggregates, namely the aggregate of materiality, the aggregate of feelings, of perceptions, of volitional formations, and of consciousness, that you know, these five aggregates are impermanent rather than permanent. And he further says that they are disintegrating, they are fickle, they are perishable, they are unenduring, subject to change, and without and then subject to birth, to aging, to illness, and to death. Now, these are you know, different ways or you know, expressions for different aspects in connection with certain change. Now, if we truly want to experience and know, intuitively understand change, then we need to undertake training in mental development, which means to meditate and ideally to practice mindfulness meditation. Upon you know, doing this, we will gradually gain a first-hand experience of 
no change or impermanence, namely within ourselves. And that then will not be some theoretical understanding, but rather based on direct observation. So the Pali term for impermanence is anicca or anicata, so the state of impermanence, and so, you know, this satna then means you know, that certain formations are not permanent, that they are not everlasting, that they are you know, originating and dissolving, wasting away, decaying and undergoing formation. Uh, sorry, undergoing transformation. And certainly they are also uh, dissolving. Now, with regards to this impermanence, we need to distinguish between that thing that is impermanent and the characteristic of impermanence. So the thing that is impermanent refers to the objects of the five aggregates. So any, any material object, any bodily formation, any feeling, perception, volitional formation in certain consciousness is impermanent. Now, the characteristic of foot name permanence is that uh, their inherent nature of those certain formations is of not remaining permanent, of undergoing a transformation. Now, we see change. Mm, when it comes to global climate, witness change in the local weather. We see change in the composition of the community, the people who are staying here. And then we might also see change within ourselves. We might see huge changes taking place when we think of one life cycle, namely our condition while as a fetus, as a tiny fetus in the uterus of the mother. And what has happened certain to this? This has certainly transformed into, well, a newborn child, into a young kid, and into the toddler that we mentioned yesterday, and certainly then the school-going kid, young adult, then the 25-year-old, and certainly then the adult, and eventually gradually aging and suddenly becoming a senior citizen. And one day we might find ourselves lying in a coffin. <laughs> yes or not? <laughs> so, 
If you think of one human life fitness cycle, then major changes are occurring. So, is this always fraught with, is this always bad or not? Would you always want to be a toddler? <laughs> so, then, if you think that way, then obviously change comes or is something to be welcomed. Now, when we clearly observe what is going on in the present moment in our meditation practice, while doing the sitting meditation or walking meditation, we may see change quite a bit. However, this does require that certainly we then make certain or fulfill certain conditions. First of all, the mind has to be relatively stable and we need to apply clear comprehension and mindfulness to whatever predominant object arises. Now, this a prerequisite for this is that first of all we establish ourselves in virtue in sila and then with good certain concentration suppress over temporarily overcome the five hindrances and certainly this then will help us certain to see things a bit certainly clearer. With this certain we come to distinguish the so-called specific characteristics of formations, sabawa lakana in the Pali scriptural language. We also discern that ultimately there are just those physical and mental formations, and that's about it. Now, with further investigation, we find that those physical and mental formations are related by cause and effect. They are not happening in a haphazard manner. They are not happening because of the influence of some supreme being. Now, we then might find with yet further practice that there seems to an object like the rising movement of the abdomen, there seems to be a beginning, there seems to be a middle to it, and certainly there is an ending to it. So if previously we were not so clear about this, now and we saw mostly the middle of Fatna objects, middle portion, middle part, now we see not only the middle but also the beginning and certainly the ending of a prominent object. Now with this we might certainly then um, see the 
uh, or become uh, very clear about a further thing, namely the arising of an object, the genesis of an object, and certainly then uh, its occurrence or lasting for a while, and within this certain changes that might certainly take place, and certainly then eventually we see the dissolution or the death of an object. Now, this we might certainly then discover again and again. We might discover this with regard to the rising movement of the abdomen, the falling movement of the abdomen, with regard to a pain, an ache, even with regard to mental objects. Now, understanding that formations have a beginning, and certainly then have a middle and have an end is certainly known as Sankata Lakana in the Pali in the scriptural language, namely the conditioned uh, characteristic and certain understanding you know, that formations arise, last for a while, undergo changes and certainly end. This certainly is known as the universal characteristic of impermanence, anicca, lacuna, in the Pali, the scriptural language. Now, when we pay close attention to you know, what is really happening already at uh, you know, the very you know, beginning of our you know, practice, we might suddenly you know, realize, you know, we might suddenly you know, think that one rising movement is uh, directly you know, connected to the next suddenly you know, falling movement of the abdomen, and that then is connected to you know, the next rising movement of you know, the abdomen. But upon closer observation, we find that certainly what is there? Hmm? There's a gap, yes, indeed. There might be a gap between the end of your rising and the beginning of the falling movement. And the same thing between the fall and the next rise. Now, when we go, when our observation has become quite certainly quite good, we might realize that uh, one rising movement of the abdomen is not just one compact unit. So we might previously have seen it as one continuous movement. However, that continuity is uh, uh, tricky, it's uh, uh, perceived, um, what's, uh, it's misleading us. And so upon closer observation, we you know, find that certainly there are 
there might be various segments within one single rising movement. So not just one continuous rising movement, but rather one larger rising movement consists of several segments. And each of those segments arises, lasts for a while, and then passes away. And then the next segment arises, and so on and so forth. Now, we might further find that within one single rising movement, changes occur. So, the sensations that occur at the beginning of the rising movement, the you know, sensations that are, that are present during the middle of the rising movement, and the changes, and the sensations that are you know, prevalent at near the ending of a rising movement, are not always the same. They are changing. They are not different. Now, when this understanding has been gained, then we have already some sense of what impermanence is all about. And it certainly then gets uh, um, strengthened by seeing the same phenomenon with regard to many other objects. So you observe a pain and you realize that the pain is not as solid or compact as you first experienced it. Or you might certainly find that's a particular mental state, like aversion, is not as compact and permanent as you might may have thought in the first place. Even for a sense impression such as certainly the hearing process, you might certainly find that certainly a bell sound is certainly that under normal circumstances we would consider as being rather rather continuous upon closer observation actually is not. And certainly so, you know, there's certainly sound arising, lasting for a while, disappearing, and then the next uh, segment arising, lasting, and certainly disappearing. Now, seeing formations as having a genesis, lasting for a while and suddenly then mm, passing away. Mm, this is the first form of understanding impermanence. And obviously, it's not the only way of Fertnick or connected with Fertnick impermanence. Now, with a further deepening of our practice, we might certainly find that certain formations are, you know, after having experienced a number of uh, uh, wholesome or rather 
um, attractive fundamental states, we find that formations are occurring and quickly arising and quickly passing away. No longer that an object has arisen, it passes away. And this understanding then applies to a wide range of objects. So this can be experienced within the rising and falling movement of the abdomen. It can be experienced with regard to pain or tingling sensations or even with regard to some predominantal state or even with regard to the seeing process or hearing process. So seeing, let's say, some building, looking at a building from a distance, does, is this, this act of seeing permanent? Kathleen? Yeah, is it permanent or not? It's not. And one might certainly discover that within the process of looking at certain building from a distance, that there might be many small seeing moments taking place, like slides, one after another, arising and passing, arising and passing, in a rather rapid manner. So that then, this kind of an experience, then really drives home the point that certain formations aren't all that certain permanent. No, they're still more to be discovered in connection with impermanence. And that then happens when one's practice matures even further and one finds that quite a number of objects tend to be mostly disappearing, disappearing, fading away, breaking up, uh, evaporating, and so on and so forth. Now, with that then, the dissolution of Fettner formations, the disintegration of formations is the main uh, aspect, the aspect of our observation at that certain time. Now, there is not just one standard way how formations dissolve, is there? There's not. Now, in the case of that, in the case of a globe, so a glacial lake outburst, most likely this is going to be a rather sudden and devastating experience. But with regard to you know, the rising movement of the abdomen and certainly seeing its sudden dissolution, this at times may happen rather gradually. There might be a gradual fading away of uh, a rising movement. The same thing might happen with regard to the falling movement and other you know, predominant objects. 
No, it could also be that you are observing some pain. The pain at first seems rather compact, rather solid, and suddenly then, as you intently observe it, you really go deeply into it, you find, oh, the pain is starting to change, it's starting to move. And suddenly then you might find that this certain particular pain is breaking up into parts. Then you focus your attention on one part, that at first seems a bit compact, a bit solid, and suddenly then, after a little bit of contemplation, you find that even that part is breaking up into smaller bits and pieces. When focusing on one of those bits, one might suddenly then find how it's breaking up into particles. So what we have here is another way of experiencing the dissolution of some object. Now, with certain objects, this certain dissolution or disintegration may happen rather slowly, and certain with others it may take moderate length of or moderate amount of time, and with yet other objects this may happen rather quickly. Now, it is in connection with the dissolution of formations that certainly the Buddha recommends to, if one wants to strengthen the controlling faculties, and there's always a need, oftentimes a need for this, then the first way of doing so is by seeing, by by seeing only the destruction of arisen formations. Now, in the Pali scriptural language, this is known as upana, upanupananam sankaranam kayam eva pasati. Pasati means he, she sees. Kaya means destruction. Sankaranam are your conditioned phenomena. Someone sees the destruction of conditioned phenomena. And certain upan, upanupananam are those conditioned phenomena that have arisen. So one sees only the destruction of arisen formations, conditioned formations. Now, this uh, at the outset of uh, one's uh, meditation practice, outset of a uh, retreat, one might not be that convinced of impermanence as yet. And certain one might certainly still hold on to the notion that formations are permanent, and in particular that the self is permanent. Now, 
careful observation and uncertainty, that then this kind of an um, assumption actually may then operate or function as a hindrance to our practice. It might unnecessarily slow us down. And so, in connection with sharpening the controlling faculties, if on if we assume in good faith that certain formations are indeed impermanent, then um, it will help our practice and then there will be less friction, we'll be fighting less with permanence. Or we'll be fighting less with impermanence, to be more correct. So then we just accept it as a reality. So the mind is kind of prepared for this experience. Now... By the time we reach this phase in the meditation practice where mostly one sees the dissolution or disintegration of objects, one will have clearly seen and understood that or how formations arise, last for a while, and then pass away. One will have also seen how formations quickly arise and quickly disappear. And so then seeing formations as disintegrating or dissolving is just an extension of the same thing. It's taking or understanding impermanence in a yet more profound way. And it is said to be the peak of Ferdinand's understanding with regard to impermanence. And now, in the sciences, there is something that is known as Fourier's frontier fractals. Namely, any item can be broken down into the same thing, but at a smaller level. So, if you think of an ocean, you know, the ocean of water, it consists in essence of H2O, so hydrogen uh, oxide. And so when you take one bucket full of water, yeah, then it boils down to H2O, there you go, still the same thing. And suddenly then you take just one, one drop of water and you analyze it and it boils down to still the same thing, H2O. Likewise, in our meditation practice, we might find that an object like 
a solid pain then breaks can be broken down into smaller units which essentially then share the same characteristics. So let's say if we have a pain of great hardness, so in other words, certainly the earth element is predominant. If we break down that, or if we see that pain breaking down, then one part of that pain will have a similar, similar qualities. Now, another example along you know, the same line is that of you know, the rising movement of, or let's take uh, you know, the bending of the arm. Now, when you bend an arm, you know, then at first sight, it seems like one continuous movement. And so, you know, then, upon close observation, one finds it's not just one continuous movement, but rather consisting of several segments. And when you take one segment and you, you know, carefully observe, look into that, you might you know, find that it's further subdivided into you know, even smaller you know, segments. Now, if you carefully observe that initial bending of foot near the arm, you might find you know, the characteristic of foot impermanence already and, uh, then and there. Now, if you take one segment and you go into this, again, you find you know, the characteristic of impermanence. If you take one subsegment of foot near that certain segment, you will find, again, impermanence uh, is certain there. Now, when we undertake intensive practice, and naturally we must see the dissolution of formations over and over again, then at least at times the aspect of destruction might suddenly become uh, quite suddenly prevalent. Now, destruction, to give you a couple of illustrations, Destruction of an object happens when, you know, for instance, a soap bubble pops, or it also happens when you know, we, you know, when there's an explosion of a bomb, or you know, when you know, fire networks are going on, or when a raindrop is falling onto the ground and suddenly dispersing into many droplets. Or if you take popcorn, so when popcorn gets prepared in the kitchen, then each corn will pop. Or yet another example would be 
more for the impermanence. In, gen in general, if you take an adobe you know, building and suddenly you, you know, just leave it without maintaining for you know, many years, then gradually it will collapse and then resemble the material or will then kind of blend in with the soil. Now, in our meditation practice, we might experience this destruction or breaking up of an object as described earlier on, the bending process of the arm gradually is seen as certain, you know, consisting of you know, several segments. Each segment then consists of sub-segments, and then one sub-segment might be even seen as a series of dots. And then the whole thing, the entire movement, might be seen as just a series of dots. Or you have, let's say, a mass of hardness somewhere as an object, somewhere in the body. You focus intently on it and all of us and certainly then it certainly then breaks up into thousands of tiny particles of hardness or it certainly could certainly be that certainly you observe some strong pain and you really observe the that certain pain quite quite strongly. You try to penetrate it with your mindfulness, and suddenly all of that all of a sudden that pain then explodes into thousands and thousands of tiny little particles. So those would be cases of the destruction of seeing, the destruction or breaking up of formations. Now, it could also happen that there is an object and the object as a whole seems rather compact. It is perceived as a compact unit. However, upon really close observation, we realize that its outline eventually breaks up and falls away. So then there's just the sensation and you can no longer clearly define its outline. And certainly then even in terms of its of the object's consistency or density, major changes might certainly take place. So at first it might seem as rather dense, rather compact, and later on it might certainly turn out to be rather fluffy or maybe even turn into just a field of vibrations and then there's not much left of that compact earlier compact as an object. Now, this uh, when a, when a retreatant observes the um, breaking up, 
the destruction again and again this then is referred to as contemplation of destruction in the Pali scriptural language known as Kaya Nupasana. Kaya is spelled K-H long A Y A uh, or sorry K-H not long K-H-A-Y long A and then Nupasana. And certainly so the Visuddhi Magga, the path of Thutnian purification, defines this contemplation of destruction as the knowledge in one who effects the resolution of the compact and so sees destruction as impermanent in the sense of destruction. Now, the Commentary to the Patisambhida Magga, namely the path of discrimination, puts it a bit certainly differently because it says, or it says, you know, the contemplation of destruction is seeing the destruction of the existent aggregates immediately followed by seeing the destruction of the very mind and mental factors that perceived those aggregates. So basically, a double seeing a double dissolution or destruction. So first of the very object and certainly then of the observing mind. Now the sub-commentary to the Visuddhi Magga yeah, then uh, clarifies further that contemplation of destruction is the contemplation of the momentary yeah, dissolution of formations. So mm, seeing that on a momentary yeah, level. Now the commentary yeah, the yeah, commentary to yeah, the Patisambhida Magga speaks of four kinds of compactness and the destruction of that certain compactness. So there is certainly the wrongful perception of an of compact of an object as compactness as a continuity so one rising movement is seen as a one continuous movement then you know, there's compactness as a mass then there's compactness as a function a particular you know, insight knowledge is performing is thought to you know, be mm, performing one specific function and at times that's just not the case and certainly then we have compactness as an object. So that perception of compactness through the contemplation of destruction then uh, gradually breaks up. And certainly what one then sees is certainly no longer the compactness of an object, but rather the destruction, the continuous certainly breaking up of formations. Now, that certainly then will, this particular understanding will then help to realize that there is not a single physical or mental formation that is in any way compact, everlasting, 
permanent, uh, non-changing, and sadness, so on. And no one further realizes that not even the self that is believed to be as a permanent entity, not even that is suddenly permanent, but rather uh, impermanent. Now, allow me to conclude today's Satna Dhamma talk by wishing may the contemplation of impermanence in general and specifically the contemplation of destruction, kaya nupasna, in the Pali scriptural language, may this help you realize the impermanence of fatna formations, of all physical and mental formations, and may this satna understanding then help for your meditation practice and may it help to sharpen the five controlling faculties and then well equipped with really sharp controlling faculties may you realize the peace of Nibbana of during this very retreat here at the Forest Refuge. And this is it for now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.